Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Money Badgers Associates. I am your MC this week, Paul Woodward. I am joined by four of the best. Let's say good morning to everybody, starting with Sean. I believe, good sir, we have a birthday. Yes, thanks, Paul. Um, good morning, everyone. And <laughs> yeah, today is my birthday. So what are you, like 22, 23? You know, that's about as how that's about how old I feel right now. Which, that's the important thing, right? Age is just a number. Hey, I got a question. Uh, I don't know if you believe in golden birthdays, but did you make it like a riotous drinking event since it was your 21st? (laughs) I don't Don't remember remember. much of that (laughs) night. (laughs) That that was a long time ago, and lots of shots were consumed. So, yes, the answer is yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My golden well, birthday was my 12th birthday, so I would not have had copious amounts yeah. of shots. Mine was my ninth. <laughs> Whereas Rob's did have a lot of shots. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of a lot of shots and Rob's, how are you doing today, sir? Uh, I can't complain. Um, coming off of the uh, the birthday party hangover as well. It's my daughter's birthday today, so we had a birthday party for her last night. Jeremy was there. It was hey, fun. Yeah. That's good. Very nice. Very nice. Excellent. Excellent. And speaking of Jeremy, how are you today? I'm doing great, Paul. It's wonderful to be here. That is good. And finally, rounding up our uh, our group today is Vic. How you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. Hanging in there with the Rona. So all good stuff. Been quarantined since Monday. Good times. Oh, super fun stuff. At least you're up and you're moving and you can still jump on and record. Uh, yes, hopefully... yes. Thankful for the vaccine. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully it uh, passes pretty soon here. Did you lose uh, taste and smell? Oh, yeah, that was a very unique experience. <laughs> I can't imagine. I, uh, like, I... I was I had some close exposure within a week and I went for a test and I was I came back negative but my 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 litmus test at home was I had a bag of trolley uh sour bright crawlers and as long as I could taste that I'm like I'm good like <laughs> so how you pronounce that brand name trolley I always thought it was trolley I don't know I've heard both ways trolley makes trolley. more sense though right <laughs> I think it's german so I feel like trolley is the right pronunciation. Mm. You know, I one of the podcasts I listen to, they're sponsored by that particular brand, and they have a commercial. I should actually, instead of skipping through it, listen to the commercial and get the proper pronunciation <laughs> of the name. Yeah. Look, it's a super long commercial. It's like a minute and a half for gummy yeah, worms. They like to go real long on those. Uh, they do. They're, they're telling us. <laughs> Maybe they're telling a minute and a half for you want some damn gummy worms. They, yes. they, I mean, it worked. Very effective. <laughs> it worked. We're talking about it on this show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so if you want to send us some gummy worms, gladly right. take them. Good marketing. Shout yeah, out to Trolley. We love gummy worms. Are we at the minute and a half mark yet? Have we gotten to the <laughs> more time to be considered a commercial? <laughs> to, for uh, for sponsorship opportunities, please contact Paul. <laughs> yeah, email us at moneybadgersassoc at gmail.com. We'll advertise anything. That's almost accurate. anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, this, is a, this is a show based entirely on capitalism, so I don't think we're <laughs> ones to turn down sponsorship money. <laughs> Oh man! But but we do it. There might be some limits. <clears throat> no, maybe. 
Nope. I mean, we'll vote on that. Sean, it sounds like Sean will be out, sounds like Sean will be outvoted on you know dignity with his money. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, excellent. Well, gentlemen, it's been a couple of weeks. I mean, we're we're we're, we're kind of keeping up on our schedule here. So good good job on us. Uh, bonus points this week to Sean for calling the meeting. Uh, but that being said, nobody actually <laughs> had stock picks lined up, so it's going to be a very disheveled uh, disheveled I thought, meeting. I oh, thought today got... was the official voting. No, no. Well, uh, last for... episode, those who were on, yeah. we kind of reviewed all the stocks and discussed them. And then the official voting is actually going on in our Slack channel right now. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's we'll keep that. you guys posted. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the uh, the link that we've got out there in our private channel is the um that is our current picks for the month. Um, and right now, you know, so that is. To recap, that's Duckhorn Portfolio, General Motors, Lithium Americas Corp, Dollar General, Coca-Cola, Starbucks, Alibaba, and Stryker Medical. So, yeah, I mean, that's we'll see. Um, we got a couple of front runners right now, but we still have um, a few few on the team who have yet to vote. And that is round one. We're going to whittle it down um, from our, what was that, seven? We had quite a few this yeah, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight last. Yeah, because like at the end of summer, it was really weird with our timing. And Victor and I ended up presenting the same company. And I think Jeremy and Rob's <laughs> presented the same. Or somebody. Twice. Like there was a double dip. And then Sean wasn't even anywhere in the last uh, group of picks. <laughs> so we were we were all over the place. Um, but yeah, we'll get that squared up and get back into our normal, normal-ish routine. You guys both and- did Napa? Uh, no, I actually I jumped back on Lithium Americas. Oh, I see. Uh, Vic opened it up to the group, and then I about seven weeks later, eight weeks later, was like, "Guys, this is up like fifteen percent, mm-hmm. and now it's up like eighty percent." So, <laughs> yeah, and, and summer will do that to us because we kind of took a summer hiatus for yeah. some things. And Sean thinks taking care of his family is important over the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sean. Those kids got to learn. Like, you're going to be an absent father sooner or later, Sean. <laughs> May as well rip that Band-Aid off. <laughs> the, the, no, the see, call just, of... see, what we need to do is we just need to have a, like, uh, Money Badgers Junior podcast. Where we get, like, Jeremy's kids on and my kids on and Rob's, your kids. Um, <laughs> sure. And, you know, we just let them pick stocks and we just give them, you know, like, 50 bucks to buy stocks or something we just give them a list of everything in the dow jones and it's like, i don't think it'll go as yeah, well just, as you, you think it will no. No, no it's gonna go terrible but it'll be fun to watch no i'm thinking dartboard have them all just throw darts at the board and pull pull names out of a hat these are you yeah. know i've seen some of these kids in action i don't know if i want to give them pointy darts <laughs> lawn yeah. darts yeah <laughs> All right, kids, we're going to throw these, try to land it near a stock, and if, if it's not close, you're going to run out there and try to catch them and get them to the stock you want. <laughs> but it's got to be 70s-era lawn darts. I mean, Sean's going for the kill. Either the sharp yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to squid games his kids' right. stock picks. <laughs> Make sure we end with fewer kids than we started with here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, if you really well, want that college fund... I was about to say now that Child Protective <laughs> Services is going to start investing, investigating the uh, the money badgers. <laughs> so yeah, right. yes. To any of our listeners, we are just kidding. <laughs> I think both Discla- of our listeners would understand that we're joking. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, we actually got a fair amount of listeners. I haven't checked the stats in a minute. Let me bring that up on the It's got to be four here. times that amount. <laughs> yeah. Uh, refresh. Uh, let's see. It is definitely my most downloaded podcast on my network here. Yeah, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Numbers are just, you know, steady. Steady moving in the right direction. Up the axis ease. So. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're doing good. I think you know, like we obviously we saw a little bit of a downturn um, over oh, the summer, summer because we weren't producing as much, so people like stopped subscribing and whatnot. So now that we're back into a swing, we can start marketing the crap out of us. Um, excuse me, watch for a new logo soon. By the way, everybody, um, I Ooh. my graphic designer friend, um, she just did a great ad for my media group uh, for a upcoming event. And I'm going to give her our old logo and a, a rough idea of what we're looking at to try and make it, you know, not just stolen JPEGs. And, uh, yeah, go from there. And I actually gave her Sean's information. I don't know if he's reached out as well. but Yeah, I, I haven't yet. I, I saw your introduction email, and then it got buried. Sean. I can introduce you to people, man. You got you to be on I know. I got, I got to follow up with her. But your content creation has kind of slowed a little bit, too. Yeah, you know, work in the real world and burnout kind of do that. Uh, well, I mean, you've got to make a choice. Are you going to live in the internet or are you going to live in the real world? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to live in the Pokemon world. <laughs> there we All go. Right. All right, Sean, catch him over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, I mean, we were talking a little bit before the show began. We've got some news to kind of go over. Uh, looks like uh, we've got quite a bit of uh, divestitures. We've got some IPOs. Um, we've got some new news when it comes to 401k contributions. Who wants to kick off this conversation? Also, listen to that Midwest A conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I'll start because I was the one who brought up the uh, divest divestitures. Over the last couple of weeks, there's been some some really big announcements that have come out of, you know, some, you know, of the largest corporations in the world, basically saying they're going to start breaking themselves up. Um, I think the biggest two announcements so far, uh, J&J, uh, Johnson & Johnson, one of our former stock picks, um, is looking to split into two different companies a pharmaceuticals division and a consumer products division. So it's not just, it's not going to be, you know, baby powder, band-aids and, and vaccines anymore. They're going to split those into two separate companies. The other big announcement uh, was uh, general electric, right? The, the former, you know, behemoth of, of U S industry that had, you know, a foothold in pretty much every segment uh, back during the Jack Welsh era has been, you know, slowly divesting itself of of properties that don't really fit what they've been doing um, over the last few years. But they've made a huge announcement um, in the last week or so, at least from the time of the recording. Uh, they're going to split into three new divisions. One's going to be healthcare. One's going to be aviation. And I can't remember what the third one was going to be. Energy. Power. Energy. Yeah, energy. Um, so they're going to, they're planning to kind of split up and, you know, in, into these three different um, organizations. Um, and then another one came out uh, 
this this last week as well uh Thyssen Krupp and the uh the European uh mega conglomerate is planning to divest uh they have a hydrogen unit that they're planning to to spin off an IPO and then they're also looking to sell off their steel division so I think we're going to see a trend now of all these companies that kind of built up uh into these uh mega conglomerates are now going to start you know selling off the divisions that don't fit who they want to be as a company. So, so there's opportunity there. I think in, in a couple of places, um, if you're looking at it from like a, a purely strategic uh, stock uh, acquisition perspective, right? One share of GE is going to become, you know, three shares of, you know, these, these successor companies, right? Like you're going to end up with like one of GE Power, one of G- GE Aviation, and one of GE Healthcare. So, so there's you know potential opportunities there to to really grow a portfolio. Um, and I want to say a couple months ago, uh, XPO, the logistics and trucking company, split off into two, uh, split off their logistics unit uh, as GXO, and and that's a stock that has been has been gaining uh, pretty well. I think it's up. I want to say. 40% um, since the the spin-off but I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to ha- actually have to go look that up here in a second but while I do that uh, any anyone else <laughs> have any thoughts on that um, I think it was I think the G is doing this strategically but I think you're leaving out one important element they were still really recovering from the great recession when they were at GE finance was a huge huge part of their portfolio and I don't think they really ever quite recovered from that and I think this is kind of a remnant of that still I think they were still trying to figure out because that was a big, huge moneymaker yeah. for them, the, the finance um, Yeah, they division. were in a tailspin for a minute there. Yeah. Like, they went down yeah. hard for yeah. like yeah. a year straight, I think. So I think we just two, maybe. I think you just be mindful of, of that. I, I don't want to, you know, skipping along like, gee, he just has this great forecast. Oh. And, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden they wanted to split up because things were going great everywhere. I think, it, I yeah. think they were really still trying to figure out um, what is going on. And I think the other big one is, um, and forgive me if we brought this up in the last cast, I wasn't there, uh, with Facebook changing t- to Meta. I think it's just, I think it's a company's strategic way of kind of feeling what we're all feeling. We're all two years into this Corona looking for change, looking for a fresh start, things to move on and things to say, okay, that's the past. Now let's move on mm-hmm. to this. Um, Zuckerberg's probably doing it for a bunch of other reasons, yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, I, I just think that I think it's, I think it was interesting that you know, growing up, GE was like the creme de la creme. I mean, it was like Big Blue back in the '80s, right? You know, it's kind of GE was the '90s version of that. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting that you know. I think I always, what's that new one on Netflix right now? That's all the rage. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with, with GE, you're right, Vic, I, I did leave that part out. Like they've been hurting because of bad decisions made by GE financial. Um, and, and this is not something like new with GE. They've been selling things off and, and divesting for a while, right? GE financial was sold off if I remember correctly or, or spun off. Right. Uh, they sold off NBC to Comcast. They sold off, uh, 
want to say in the last two years, their, uh, their railroad and locomotive division got sold off to another company. So, so they have been splitting up, but they haven't been split. They haven't been like splitting up in a way that would, you know, fully divest into like three or four different companies with three yeah, or four new stocks. This is like the culmination yeah, no, no, of, no. of a strategy, yeah, yeah, there like was a, some a strategy shift that, that like a yeah. purposeful strategy shift that was put into place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this is the complete undoing of everything that Jack Welsh did. And I know yeah. in, in some circles, he's like held up as like the, the preeminent like American CEO. And like now we're seeing the effects of, you know, the long-term effects of, of his strategy choices and the, the complete unwinding of that, which is, I'm not going to say good or bad. It's just, you know, interesting to see a company kind of go through that whole cycle of, yeah, we did this and now we're completely undoing it over, over the span of, you know, 30 to 40 years. It's reacting to the market. Yep. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look here. You know, I'm going to throw it back to an episode. I don't even remember what episode, but it was actually fairly early on in our in our show. We had discussed the the right to repair um, when it came to, say, tractors and you know, like farm implements and a few other things. Well, now in the last uh, two weeks here, week here, um, Apple announced that they're going to allow Apple parts, tools, and manuals, starting with iPhone 12 and 13, available to individual consumers. So Apple is going to reopen up the whole world of right to repair, self-service repairs. Um, and obviously, like I think that's that comes off of the heels of the executive order over the summer. I believe it was early July where uh, Biden was pressuring the Federal Trade Commission to make, make rules about that because it is actually very limiting to a lot of people, whether it be again, a cell phone, a pieces of your car your, or a tractor or all sorts of things that they had kind of set up where you had to bring it to a dealership or, a, you know, an authorized shop. And that could be very expensive, prohibitively expensive in some cases. Uh, in, in the case of like a large piece of farm equipment, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars to tow it to the location to get mm -hmm. it fixed. So take, giving back that ability to self-diagnose and repair, I think that's going to be amazing uh, for a lot of reasons. Is this beyond uh, like screens and batteries and stuff? Because I've never not been able to change my own screens and batteries. Yeah, so this this is screen primarily screens and batteries. And, and in the newer iPhones, Apple has added software checks to, you know, for valid parts. So like if you put in like a, um, an unauthorized screen, it would it would block face ID and they, and they also don't really give out the tools to do it. Right. You can probably pick them up on like eBay or, you know, yeah, when you buy right. a third party battery, stuff. but yeah. they're not they're not authorized. They don't really have directions um, on, on how to do it. So there's a lot more risk for an owner who wants to to repair their phone. So, yeah, it's a good point. I've never owned a uh, iPhone with face ID. So, yeah. So, yeah. So iPhone iPhones are are definitely in that category of they were never meant, I think, to be repairable. And and there's sites like iFixit that give you directions on how to do it. But it, it's always been kind of a at your own risk. And you could you could damage or break your phone if you don't use um, authorized replacement parts. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to guarantee they're going to wind that. that back a little bit. Interesting. So oh, yeah. speaking of uh, 
John Deere, uh, this last week, uh, they, they had uh, a strike in, in some of their facilities and um, a lot of their production lines were impacted. Well, the, the John Deere has come to an agreement with the, with the unions and it's from what I saw, the unions have actually um, managed to, to make some gains. They uh, they were able to uh, to increase uh, wages. They were able to uh, boost retirement benefits, and they didn't have like a. I think one of the the sticking points was um, like having like different scales depending on when people got hired, and and those were not also like th they were able to fight back and and. Uh, and eliminate that from the contract as well. So it's like one pay scale for the company, uh, increased wages, increased uh, increased retirement benefits, and there were some other things in that contract too. But that was John Deere's first uh, strike since 1986. That's so, a long time. Yeah. yeah is. is that the one in, in um, shoot, what the heck city is that? In? Is it in Janesville? Uh, they have, John Deere has a plant in, I want to say, Horicon, but it I think their main and their main production facilities are down in um, the Damn Quad Port. Cities in Illinois, Iowa, Illinois, Illinois, and uh, I think they're on the Illinois side in uh, in Moline. I oh, think that's where gotcha. their headquarters is. Hmm. Cool, and that's where so, the protest took place. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was all their facilities or, or just one. But they were able. The UAW was able to uh, to make some significant gains. That's awesome. That's it's rare to see in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. I think you might start seeing a little bit more of that, especially uh, with a lot of labor right the now. Kind of <laughs> looking, yeah. The great a lot of labor right now is looking for some direction and. You know, let's face it, they unions are a viable option for some of those trades. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's why, you know, I mean, I, I think it, I either you're for or against unions either way. Um, I think there, there should be a, a natural balance between labor force and management. I think we've, my opinion, I think the pendulum has swung a little bit more towards management, especially here in Wisconsin. You know, with our former governor getting, you know, rid of the collective bargaining rights and all that. And all that. So I think it's just a kind of reaction. Did I haven't been following the um, the other one? Was the Amazon story where they were trying to union? I didn't hear anything of that recently. Anybody else hear on that one? The only yeah. thing I heard was that was one of the warehouses voted. They came back not in favor of the union, but then there's acquis acquisitions accusations of like votes not. I, I don't know if I want to say votes not being counted, but they're going to try and put it up for another vote. I'm sure uh, some interference about yeah. the whole thing, you know. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of accusations from the union around that. I think on Amazon doing, I don't, I don't want to go out and say outright illegal, uh, anti anti collective bargaining practices, but there's been accusations that yeah, Amazon has not been doing things properly. But yeah, the the first the first vote failed. There's uh. I think a couple other warehouses also 
and I, I'm going to have to go back and check, but I thought I read that there was at least one other Amazon location looking to unionize in addition to the one that, that voted it down. That was in uh, Al- Alabama, right? Yeah. yeah, I believe so. But this yep. one, this one was unique because this one actually came from the Amazon employees. The other one was another union that had kind of, I'm, I'm super watering this down, but kind of mm-hmm. jumped in as a proxy and was like, oh, we'll help you get a union up and running. And they were doing the majority. But this latest vote, from what I understand, was pretty much self-driven and they self-organized, which I think is the way to go if you're going to go union. I, 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 I didn't have much faith in the other one. Um, that, you know, didn't go through because, you know, it's hard to get behind somebody that, you know, you're, they're not in their DNA, you know. Well, and you, if you got an outside organization coming in trying to convince you to do it, it's going to on a lot of things, not just like forming a union, but like sales or implementing something new, like having when it doesn't come from inside, it feels like somebody's trying to wedge mm-hmm. their X, their whatever into the into yeah. place. Mm-hmm. I think the other interesting bit of news, and forgive me, I have I've been out of the news cycle for a, a minute. Advil and Kleenex have been my best friend. Um, <laughs> is the the passage of the the bill back better in the the infrastructure? I think that's pretty oh, yeah. big. I mean, I think there's hope for for politics in the United States with some of the uh, bipartisan support that it that it did receive. So I think we're going to start seeing some of that start to trickle into the economy i think so is that officially law or did that just pass one of two houses no i believe it's been signed now the infrastructure bill passed the build back better i don't think has there's multiple there's multiple bills that biden is working on they broke they broke a bunch of stuff out but the yeah, the 1.5 trillion. I think was it 1.5 trillion? 1.2. I think that's it. 1.5 or 1.3. I don't know. It, it's a very big number. It's a lot more money that I could, you know, conceptualize outside of outside of Excel. But yeah, one of them passed, and that so was I think back better. I think the Build Back Better had a lot of the other stuff in there for the social programs. Oh, I believe. The, the social infrastructure or whatever he was calling yeah. it. Yeah, and then uh, the. That's not going anywhere. <laughs> so uh, investment in child and uh, child care giving, investments in climate yeah, change. I don't see that one. Affordable health care, blah, 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 blah. Let's see. Um, so there'll be political gridlock over that one for the next year, and it won't go Yeah, anywhere. that's why they broke out the, you know, hey, we got to make sure our bridges don't collapse into a second bill. <laughs> yeah. Or they can forget about it and try to get something done. But otherwise, I, that one's going to be a non-starter, I'm sure. It'll be, yeah. yeah. It's going to be Senate. To go back, and I know we had a lot of um, some construction firms, I believe, and some, um, I know we had a lot around, we had some discussions about cell phone towers and, and things along those mm-hmm. lines. Um, I mean, think what you will about infrastructure. I, I agree. I think a lot of that stuff should be in infrastructure. Some of the fringy stuff, um, I don't know. I don't think people are infrastructure. I think that's a separate so that right. I I think it's the only yeah, way you thought it's gonna get it passed is but to include yeah. it with this and obviously it wasn't gonna pass with that stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. I think the community college is, is a great idea. Um, you know, free for the two years after high school. Uh, but right. It's just not infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Some of the uh, that's one of the uh, 
interesting parts of what I get to do is just if you could see the difference in these buildings people are being educated in nowadays, it's just it's absolutely crazy. I mean, some buildings were built in like the 19, you know, 50s and 60s. And then you have other mm -hmm. communities that were built three years ago. And how can anybody really compete evenly in a job market when? So, yeah, that's all. It's all mm -hmm. political. Oh, yeah, we could we could talk economics of yeah, all of yeah. that for like a, a, never, for a, a never time. ending cycle yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's a that's a great idea because like uh, you get a couple extra years of education, you specialize in something, come out of there like you know knowing about HVAC or uh, mm -hmm. just get being closer to your English degree or whatever. Yeah, well, and I mean, there's like there's the conversation of do you want to start that specialization earlier and include it in high school education too? Like, they're starting it as young as elementary schools now. They're doing <laughs> coding classes now. A lot of elementary schools and middle schools will have coding classes, robotic classes. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, not having kids, I didn't really realize that shop class went away from middle school. I mean, there's oh. not, I don't know if there's an active shop like there used to be back in the day when you made mm -hmm. your, you know, your race cars and your styrofoam houses and your cutting boards and then the home ec and all that or family science now, I think it's called. So but, they replace yeah, shop class with coding class? Ah, uh, it might be a possibility. I don't know. Yeah, we had I don't. Guys, I don't right? think. Like, yeah, I don't think there's like an active. And I might be wrong because I, I guess I don't have kids in the district, but I don't hear a lot of rumblings about tech ed. I just remember like that's what we did. Like it was like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. That you know, seventh grade was we were in Mr. Fleisch's shop mm -hmm. class, and we made you know. A cutting board. We made a styrofoam house. We made, you know, that pencil holder for your day. You know, like mm -hmm. all that. And you got, you got, you knew what a drill press was. Like everybody, boys, girls, everybody was in there doing that. I, I just don't know. Being in the schools, I don't hear. You know, you can always tell if the shop class is going on, right? I don't hear <laughs> shop yeah, class yeah. going on anymore at the schools I visit. So, right, right. like I said, it's just an interesting sway away from the trades. One, uh, one interest, like just, you, you brought up like making things with foam and it reminded me of, I think it was, might've been seventh grade shop class. They, we, I forget what we were crafting, but we had bricks of foam and we just had this like tool that was just like a hot wire. And we're just like shaping, like we're cutting the foam through this similar to the way, like a, like a not a circular saw, like a bandsaw would operate, but it just like hot. And like, I'm just looking at this and again, I'm in the seventh grade. I'm like, Maybe the whole class should be breathing in all of these melting styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> right. With the so ventilation from happened. the 1960s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this was this was a good, good amount of time ago. That building was older than all of us. <laughs> yeah, but I share think, one ventilator, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but I think also there's been a huge shift in, in how we handle education and you know, we have this whole thing about being competitive in, in our schools and making sure our, our children rank, you know, well compared to other countries. And it almost feels like in some ways that that's the bat, the wrong approach, right? We're not, we're teaching to standardize tests a lot more and, and we're focused on how we score versus in like math and, and science and, and reading without actually looking at, you know, what are other, like, 
we're, we're trying to compare ourselves to other countries and, and be competitive, but is that really the right thing? Is that really right. the, what we should be focused on? Like what's the application of those skills? <laughs> yes. You know, are we, are we teaching kids to, to take a test or are we teaching them to actually apply knowledge? And I feel like it, it's a lot more of the teaching to a test because yeah, to Vic, to your point, right? I don't think there's a lot of shop classes anymore, right? In, in middle schools and even high school, I think a lot of that has been de-emphasized and there's always been this fight over things like music and art in schools, right? Mm -hmm. Because, well, when, when you want to reallocate budget to, to make your school district seem attractive in math and, and reading and science, well, what's the first thing that goes? Anything in the arts, anything that's actually applied. And red, red line items. You're not going to get an yeah. income back on your art classes. Well, you're not going to you, get an income back on anything in, well, in if education. Gotta, but I mean, if, unless you're in Texas, then look at those football stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I think that's, I think a lot of districts are starting to realize that. And I think a lot of colleges are really starting to realize, I mean, the, the decline in college enrollment since the pan, it was actually pre pandemic started to slip. A little bit and now it's even in more so and i think with a great resignation those people that decided to leave their jobs are probably looking to their kids and being like you know what don't follow my path i got my four-year degree and i just mm -hmm. resigned because i just spent 16 years doing what i didn't want to do mm -hmm. you know so i think we're at the very interesting point and in, one in american education and then two to the larger point what is it all for? You know, like, yeah, are we teaching to the standardized test? Are we, I mean, we don't really have a, uh, another superpower. I mean, you can count China in there, but I mean, I think superpower is more socially and economic. They're definitely missing the boat on the social aspect. But who are we really competing against? And, and, and I've never really enjoyed that. I mean, I know it's been out there for a while, but a lot of those countries that were compared to very homogeneous populations, very uh, education forward uh, populations as mm -hmm. opposed to the United States. I mean, just look at what's going on in our own backyards and we can't even get school boards to agree to protect the masses that are coming in to get educated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Vic, I think that's yeah. the most dangerous question that you just asked. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, what I want you to think about. And, and if you think about it, right, like everybody likes to compare to Finland, right? Because Finland, you know, ranks really high in in all of these in all of these categories. But yeah, it's a very very homogenous population. Um, it's th they do schooling incredibly different than we do, where it's you know they don't start till they're six. They have a, a better social safety net, so I think it's like. In all of Europe, right? Like parents get like a year off to be with their kids. That's paid, mm -hmm. right? To, right? To get them started. They have a lot better um, policies around things like childcare. And they have, you know, better, better uh, work-life balance structures and, and things in place to enforce those. Whereas we don't have those. So parents are able to take a more active role in, in education and schooling and, mm -hmm. You're, you're not trying to start kids learning how to read at three years old like we're trying to do. They're waiting till they're, you know, all the kids are mentally ready for it, right? So some kids may start it reading with their parents at four, but you won't actually start being taught it in school until until you're six when 
your brain has fully de- like has developed to that point. So um, I, I think that that's a key difference here. And whereas, you know, in the United States, I think a lot of people use school as childcare because, well, have you ever looked at, have you ever looked at the price of, of private childcare? It's outrageous. It, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, like infant childcare costs more than a mortgage payment per week. It's like four hundred dollars. So, so it's insane. Yep. So, and if we really just, want, oh, sorry, go ahead, Vic. I was just, going on to your point. I was just blown away. There's like a pre. There's three K now instead yep. of like four K. I'm, I'm like, well, yep. You, it's you just gotta, preschool. You gotta, I mean, you gotta, it's, <laughs> you gotta raise it's your just kids daycare. At some like point. it's <laughs> <laughs> at some point you gotta be there and you gotta. You, I don't know. Not having <laughs> any of my own offspring, I'll get off my soapbox. Because you guys are probably like, shut up, Vic. <laughs> You're not wrong. The door. <laughs> right. Well, but I mean, at the, at the same time, you know, we, we're not Finland. We're not living in Finland. Yeah. We don't, we don't have the the actual country backing us up on saying, hey, yeah, you should raise your kids. <laughs> true, the true, country true. is every day saying, how are you being productive? How are you being more productive today than you were yesterday? How many hours have you put in today? Like, it's, it's <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. But this goes back to the whole build back better thing that that we talked about a few minutes ago, too, right? The, the, the social infrastructure is not there to support better work-life balance, better family engagement. And we don't, you know, childcare is one of those things that people have to choose, right? It's like, I, there are people that, um, so my wife is a, is a 4k teacher at a private childcare company that was supposed to go public this week that didn't, um, at the last minute. Um, and you know, there are families there that, you know, they get to a point where it's like, does it make sense for one parent to work when it's like that parent's paycheck plus like half of the other parents is going towards childcare? Yep. Right. And it makes no sense in that case. Yeah. And so they'll have kids for a while and then, you know, they'll be pulled yeah. out because it's like, it doesn't make sense financially or, you know, the, the, they get state aid, but if they have a dip in hours, like even one or two weeks, that state aid gets yanked because you're not working hard enough for us to justify this. Mm-hmm. But at the yeah. same time, if you do take a year off to raise your kids, your career is hosed. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you've been, you know, if you've had a 10 year career growth and then suddenly you take a year off, year and a half off, two years off, like you are not jumping back in, <laughs> not where so you were. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to not challenge, question that, but challenge that. Um, I actually just did an interview on on my other podcast, the Explore VM podcast, with somebody who took uh, the last eight months off. Um, he was a data center engineer, IT engineer, took eight months off to take care of his kids during the pandemic, completely changed careers, uh, like changed focuses, and is now that's like, interesting. yeah, so that, that, that episode will be out soon. So um, where did he jump into now? He I mean, went, he's now in, you don't want to spill all the beans, right? You want to save something for the listeners. No, he, <laughs> no, he moved into IT security. So, you know, huh. so he's still in tech, but, you know, changed his focus. And he's he was in data center tech for 12, 15 years. Okay. And yeah, I know how, a guy so who took a year off, too. Where, 
relatively speaking, where on the ladder was he? Where did he jump to now? Like, I would think you go down a few rungs to do that kind of thing. That I don't know. Um, that that I can't answer. So. And it's, the it's not the same arbitrary. market as it was. I mean, with everybody yeah, being hungry. Too. I mean, if you yeah. have any, let's just say it, professionalism, drive, and ability to show up to work every day, yeah. and you have any any industry knowledge, any HR department's going to want to scoop you up. I mean, it's so hurting right now. (laughs) It's crazy out there. We hired, our company hired 200 and some employees in the last 18 to 24 months. We retained, I think, 60 of them. It's just, it's just crazy. That's wild, man. Yeah, well, I guess, and, so that, and if going forward, that might be the case too. Like, well, I guess we'll see if this changes things permanently, right? Like, yeah, it's a new see world. The, <laughs> it's yeah to see where the job market goes, see where you know job requirements change. Um, and you know, I've seen quite a few posts where on LinkedIn about it's not the jobs screening candidates now; it's candidates screening the jobs. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, almost like things exactly. are flipped. Like you can't just throw it out there and not give information or give details or like make mm-hmm. make the offer worthwhile because there's plenty of other places for people to look. And you better be remote. Yeah. <laughs> for well, sure. and, and and one other thing to keep in mind with that too is okay, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Uh... Um, no, I, I, I'm kidding there, but there was, there was a point I was going to make and I, I just, compl- just lost it around, around jobs and, and candidates and it'll come back to me later. Oh, and I we got them on their heels, right? Well, find, finding good <laughs> candidates is hard too. Like, Mm-hmm. You're you're up against a lot of different factors out there when you're trying to hire. My 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 company, my team's growing like gangbusters, and I thought we had a great guy lined up, and he got a better offer to remain. I'm like, that's fair. Like, oh wow, yeah, that's, that's surprising. I feel like once you've kind of made that decision, you know, most people are not going back and sticking where they are. Yeah, I you know it's 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 the economy we're in right now. I mean, it could have been just a move to get a raise. It could be. You know, it could be like, no, they're like, no, 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 we really don't want to lose you. Here's the here's the dump truck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that which brings me to the to the point I was going to make too. for like somebody who's jumping back into the market, even if they've been out for eight months to a year or longer. Yeah. You know, if, if you have legitimate skills, you may not take a pay cut, even if you take like a step or two down in terms of title or, or responsibilities the the demand for workers is there that yet yeah, your salary may actually go up legitimately or at least comparatively even if you when you factor in things like remote and things like that yeah there's no guarantee you're you're taking a salary cut right now yeah no for sure and i've i've had discussions with people about it's not the end of the world especially in the last 18 months if you've got a, a short gap on your resume like it's mm-hmm. not going to be like, well, where did this month go, or where did this six weeks right. go, eight weeks go? Twenty twenty is that that specialized black box for that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's yeah. like there's there's a lot of reasons yeah. at this point, and frankly, like people, you know, the great resignation, people quitting for their mind's sake, mm-hmm. that's going to put more gaps on resumes as people, you know, find good fits and need to like reset their lives. And I'm pretty certain hiring managers and, you know, HR is well aware of that. And they're not, they're not taking, they're not like, well, why didn't you work for three weeks? We can't possibly hire you. you (laughs) Right. 
Yeah, I mean, but like historically, that has been the mindset, though. I just, I, I'm right. very interested to see like five years from now, ten years from now, if we have slid back or not. Yeah, and I've said this on this show a couple of times. I can't wait in like five years or even like five to ten years where they're doing like the sociological studies of the pandemic mm -hmm. and all the things that changed, you know, like the yeah. books that are going to come out on this. And... Yeah. By age group. I'd like to see that too. You know, like for 10 year olds, what's it like for 20 year olds, 30 year olds. Right. <laughs> well, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of no different. Than like, oh, this is the last generation that was born before the internet or this, like people born this year. Yeah, exactly. Didn't have yeah. internet in their home at all times. And mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see pre pandemic, post pandemic, you know, where, remote working took over as the norm etc right people so. just wearing masks in public like well you know like <laughs> in china that's been a thing forever right but right. like here it's, asian it's, companies it's never seen anyone with masks in public yeah right? oh. <laughs> and it's the mindset i mean people in asia they if you ask them they say i wear a mask because i'm not feeling well and i don't mm -hmm. want to infect somebody else not that i'm worried about what's out there they do it out of right. respect for the people around them and that's Obviously not our mentality. It's a collective. That's a more collective. <laughs> that, that requires somebody right. thinking, thinking yeah, about somebody else. And we just don't do that here. Yeah. It's all about yeah. me, me, so, me. Right. And I don't think it's going to be 100% remote. I think it's just HR departments and companies are realizing that it's okay to let people work from home. Um, it's kind of that, you know, the anti big brother, like you have to be here at eight 30 punched mm -hmm. in, you know, 10, 15, take your first break, take your lunch at 12. If people can do exactly the amount of work, if not more in that time frame, you know, it's, it's a, it's an old school mentality. I mean, mm -hmm. even some companies struggle even with salaries still. And I heard people that, you know, their, their salary, but there's, they're always expected to do 45 to 50 hours a week. Yep. I'm like, well, then that's not really salary. Your no, salary that's... is you're paying somebody <laughs> to do a job. Once they get the job, if it takes them 20 minutes to do the job or it takes them 20 hours, you're paying them to do a job. That's how I was taught what salary was. Yeah. Right. And it's a very poor outlook, but, I, and that's something I hope we're getting away from going forward too, but I don't I mean, I, I actually just listened to a podcast about kind of the history of how we got there. And it's economists had predicted that by, I think it was 2015 or 2030, something like that, that we would be down to like a 15 or 20 hour work week because <laughs> productivity was, was going up so much and people oh, were going to get so much more efficient, but like they didn't take into account that every decision we make as a country along the way is just <laughs> giving the businesses more opportunities to wring more and more out of people instead <laughs> yeah yep yes but, sir i love that one and, and that's one thing i think that the uh the pandemic has highlighted right is, is the effects mm -hmm. of burnout and you know this this trying to squeeze more productivity out of people right that that, that trend you know I think we're going to continue to see a trend right now where, where businesses are going to be forced to invest in people just because they, they can't keep people engaged and they can't keep people mentally yeah, healthy. That's exactly and, it. And and the pandemic has highlighted all that mm -hmm. because when you sit on zoom for eight hours a day for five days a week and then have another, you know, four hours of email that you have to catch up with at night, right? right. Your people just can't do that. Yeah. And then your boss asks, what'd you get done yesterday? Well, I was on zoom for eight hours out of the day and I didn't get anything done. <laughs> right. Back to back meetings. And now I get to spend yeah. two hours today catching up on email and reports right. from those meetings. Oh yeah. 
Well, and so I'm going to completely change gears here. We're going to bob and weave. We're going to bob and weave. Jeremy, by right, chance, you did them. you happen to pull up Preparo this week in business history? Now, I'll be honest with you, Paul. I thought we were voting today. So <laughs> no I worries. I, I kind of assumed that was plenty of uh, plenty of conversation anyway. Yeah. So. yeah. No, and that's I was uh, I, I kind of made that assumption. So as we were chatting here, I pulled up, you know, this week in history just in general. Sure. Google yeah. box. And the first thing that pops up, I'm like, oh, history channel. That should be useful. <laughs> yeah, that's a great resource. Well, uh it's this this day in history of all history for November twenty first. It's millions tune in to find out who shot JR. On Dallas, Whoa, in that was a good one. <laughs> so that was on Sean's birthday. So Britannica gave us a little <laughs> bit more information here. Uh, happy birthday to um, Voltaire, Michael Strahan, mm. Ken Griffey Jr., Troy Aikman, Bjor- and Bjork. Um, the big five, the big five, and, <laughs> and Sean P. Massey. Um, in 1920, it was Bloody Sunday when the Irish Republican Army killed 11 Englishmen suspected of being intelligence agents, and the Black and Tans took revenge the same afternoon, attacking spectators and players at a Gaelic football match in Crokey Park, Dublin, killing 12 and wounding 60. Um, let's see here. Uh, Lord Lytton, the Viceroy of India, launched the Second Anglo-African War. The first crude hot air balloon fight was made by a gentleman with a very French name. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> uh, Frankenstein, of the letters. based on uh, was released. Cool. They, they, they have that down to the day when it was released? 1931, today. Things yep. still dropped back in the 30s. The Narrows Bridge <laughs> opened to traffic between Brooklyn Island and Staten or Brooklyn and Staten Island in 1964. Uh, the Bosnian War ended in 1995. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot going on. And because they couldn't not dangle this carrot in front of us, tomorrow, uh, November 22nd, is the anniversary of the Kennedy assassination in 1963. So we are uh, we're in the middle of some some historic times, but I think you're going to find that on every day. None of those were business related, but my quick little searches there at least kept some history in our in our show. Oh, um, here this one's from the week. This is on my weekly one. The uh, the Federal Reserve Bank opened on November sixteenth, nineteen fourteen. Oh, nice. Which is uh, hmm. you know, I mean, that's that is still reverberating through through time. Like, yeah, no it's shit. still like really controlling uh, how we you know treat commerce and stuff in America, uh, because you know obviously you guys know that bank uh, is the only one that is allowed to print the money. Is that my understanding? I don't. <laughs> yeah, in the Daddy United States. <laughs> Yeah. Fires yeah, right. up the money printer. Interest rates is the real, is the real oh, control. Okay. Yeah. Well, they, they also do pr- control the the money that's printed, right? Or the amount of money that's in circulation, and they have a number of tools that do that. Um, but yeah, like when the government like sells bonds, right? A lot of the times they're selling it to the Federal Reserve, is like mm-hmm. one of the first people they sell it to, and that's how a lot of money gets into our system. Well, and you know, keeping and that's it tropical, it. keeping <laughs> it tropical, we are pending potentially a new Fed chair. Um, uh, so Jerome Powell maybe um, may may retain his location. Otherwise, Fed Governor Lael Brainerd could take his place. Oh, that's a handle um, right there. Yeah, I, I don't really know anything about that other than the general consensus on wall street is if if powell's out expect a big impact negatively on investing (laughs) 
So we'll keep an eye on all of that. When you started um, this club, you told me stocks always go up. Well, they do. <laughs> no, no, no. I I said stonks always go oh, up. Oh, stonks always go up. Sorry. Yeah. As the shirt says. Stonks. Oh, yeah. Nice shirt. We started this club. <laughs> So I did yeah, want to just make sure we did cover that other thing we were talking about. Since this is an investing podcast and all, the uh, it's pretty important. The 401k contribution limits go oh, up. Oh, yeah. Make sure to max that shiz out if you can every year. Yeah, absolutely. Max out your 401k. Max out your employee your, your company match if you've got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not, you're leaving free especially money. Especially the company on, match. Especially <laughs> the company match. You're leaving free money on the table. Like, why, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. And the more you do that now, the sooner you can retire. And that might not be as big of a appeal to anybody else out there as it is to me, but that's my end yeah. goal: is get done with working as fast as yeah. I can. I just yelled at my niece for like ten minutes the other day about how she has to start investing money. She's like, "What if it goes down?" No, <laughs> always <laughs> put it. You're young. Please invest it. <laughs> what if it goes down? Yeah, but it's going to come back up. Just give... that's that's why you invest in a bunch of things. <laughs> Go to Google, type in DJIA, hit enter, and hit all time, <laughs> <laughs> and watch that graph. Oh man! Yeah, I mean, well, as long I as mean, there's no societal collapse, right? We'll oh, be I mean, there's there's always that risk, but <laughs> if society collapses, the amount of money in your bank account is right. not going to matter. Well, if society collapses, you still want to have invested in something, right? If it's raw oil, like actual barrels of oil, or bullets like in your garage, or food, you know, <laughs> MREs, clean water, like invest in yeah, something. MREs. Yeah, <laughs> then that's the value of clean water is just going to go way up. Then so. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember this is a little bit of a throwback story. So many, many years ago, Rob and I were up in Minnesota for a poker tournament. Uh, we were driving up because that's at the time we were under eight, but not underage. We were 18, but not 21 in Minnesota allowed 18 year old uh, gambling. So we're up there to play a poker tournament. And that was also the same time that uh, George W. dropped the first stimulus checks. Yeah. Um, and I think there's just a lot of people there playing poker because they had their stimulus checks. And, um, uh, I was just like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I think I'm going to take all my money and throw it into like canned goods and like, you know, food to prepare for the end times. And someone's like, no, I'm just going to buy bullets and then take your canned goods with those bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So was that, dude, was that stimulus due to September 11th? That was like the 04-ish era, yeah. Oh, gotcha. That was back when if you would have taken that stimulus and dropped it into Apple, you would have a ton of money right now. Ah, you could say that about any stock at any time, yeah. realistically. But even those who Apple took... at any time for sure, <laughs> and like those who even took their first uh, stimmy check last year, their first twelve hundred and dropped it into something and let it hold for a year. I mean, that that's always the case. Ideally, yes, you should probably you know well pay debt. Uh, make sure your your mortgage is paid, you know, eat and then, you know, throw money into your investments. But, you know, whatever people can do, whatever they want. That's the uh, the hallmark of a free society. True, true. That's how we can sit here and give poor financial advice based on our uh, <laughs> based on our sketchy performances. Oh, I would like to point I out like as a financial entertainment, really. <laughs> the guy who said he put everything in the bullets, though, right? He wasn't diversifying. So, Paul, if you would put you know, stuff into canned goods and water and bullets, you're diversified and it's still one gun versus one gun, right? <laughs> so like True. he doesn't have that that edge on you just because he has more bullets. 
Yeah, the, the, the throughput is still like what mm-hmm. ten rounds in a couple of seconds. <laughs> yeah, like say so you would you invest in bulletproof walls. I love apocalypse math and bullets. He can't do anything to get your stuff. So <laughs> I do want a compound deep in the north woods, <laughs> just to just to hide. Yeah, good investment. <laughs> kind of where Bob's been. Pretty sure that's, yeah, that's Bob's. Right I mean, there, it looks nice ready. on video. It's all cedar and it's yeah. all like homey. But it's I guarantee you, the there's like a twelve foot concrete wall around it. Right. He's got like <laughs> fake fake lights outside of his windows to make it seem like he's actually above ground. But it's like Cloverfield <laughs> over there. Yeah. <laughs> Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah. The Hive. Oh my God! This is a tangent, but I I started playing Resident Evil Seven recently, and that game is terrifying it's exciting <laughs> as hell is that the one with the giant vampire lady uh i have or not no, come across a vampire lady eight, right? it's an old-timey house like you guys are describing all tricked out but it's decrepit and you're uh sneaking around trying to solve like the mysteries and stuff it's great i'm not very deep into it but it's uh it's been yeah, entertaining it's a quality series man absolutely well gentlemen we've been chatting for actually quite a while here um so I think uh, I think we're probably at a good point to call this an episode, uh, considering <laughs> we didn't have any, you know, our usual format today. I think we got a lot of info out there. Um, we did, in fact, talk about a company. We talked about GE and some of those splits. So we did still get some of that in there. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, unless anybody else has any closing closing points here. No, if I'm just about running out of steam. All right. Yeah, you got to get yourself yeah, some rest. We'll get your we'll get rest. You healthy. Yes, and yes. for the and for the rest of you, there's a Packers game on in 12 minutes. Oh yeah, I think. Oh yeah, there's sports ball. A day's worth of sports ball coming. Uh, well, up. Paul's got some cans of Campbell's hoop he can bring you, Vic, to help you feel better. So. <laughs> yes, yes, that'd be awesome. Or the bullets. I mean, your choice. <laughs> Just check the dates on those Campbell's hoop. Yeah. <laughs> my doomsday shelter is stocked and inventoried, and I do cycle my canned goods out, so no worries there, Sean. <laughs> But the sick are oh, not allowed inside to... the doomsday shelter. <laughs> no, no, no. I can leave crumbs outside. <laughs> yeah. All, right. All right, guys. Have a great Sunday. It's good seeing everybody. And uh, just do we talk about dates for the next? We'll, we'll, we'll jump on that off off air. So sounds good. All right, cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Right, uh, thank, thanks to all the uh, the hosts here with me today. It was a, always a pleasure to chat with the group. Uh, feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, concerns. If you want to be a guest, you got a topic, you got an idea, hit us up on uh, email moneybadgersassoc at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, moneybadgersassoc, uh, Twitter at moneybadgersassoc. That's the only one that's different. Uh, TikTok, Iris Stock Trading App. We are on LinkedIn. We are on Facebook. We are all over the place. We are easy to find. We don't try to hide. Uh, so go ahead, reach out to us. And again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. The Money Badgers Associates podcast is created and produced by Money Badgers Associates, LLC, edited by Jeremy Koleski. And while we like to think we know what we're talking about, the Money Badgers Associates podcast is for entertainment purposes only. As always, please consult a financial advisor before making any financial decisions.
you, but you gotta keep 